1: to another edition of Memory Lane and really pleased to be joined today by one of the great hockey players of all time, Brian Trottier. Won, not one, not two, not four, not five, six Stanley Cups. Brian, how are you today, sir? Thank you for joining me.
0: I'm great, Corey. Thanks for the invite here. It's always fun to talk a little hockey in the middle of summer.
1: What does it mean to you to have won six Stanley Cups? We'll talk about a lot of your favorite memories in your career, but when when I say six Stanley Cups, man, that's just a mind-boggling number, Brian. Well,
0: reflection's always fun. Reminiscing is even more more enjoyable. I think the uh, the wonderful thing about championships is that it reflects well on the group. It reflects well on on uh, you know every every guy on the team because you need everybody. Um, it's such a team sport, and there's an appreciation factor and. Obviously, you know, we want we love talking about those things, the experiences and the stories behind it. So, yeah, the championships are just awesome. You know, you play 18 years, coach for another 10, and people say, Oh my God, you won seven Stanley Cups. I said, I know, but look how many I lost. I lost 21 times, but it's just, uh, it's just it, it's just really fun to reminisce and talk about the good old days.
1: In uh, t- 2017, you were named one of the greatest NHL players, one of the 100 greatest NHL players in history. What did that What did that distinction mean to you?
0: Well, again, I think it it, it looks good on it looks good on mom and dad and the family and you know the teams you played on and uh, coaches you've had and it's just a get you know players you played with you know the. The hall of famers obviously but even the young guys i played with when i was growing up you know my best friends growing up and they're still friends today and they all kind of gave you that that the stepping stone and the support and the, the help you need to get where you where you go and then all of a sudden you, you know you're you get these uh these wonderful awards and achievements like the top 100 and um it's a it's a special group you know and to be considered i think is such an honor and you know we want to we want to kind of hold ourselves to a certain standard when it comes to that, but no, it's uh, it, it's a it's a wonderful tribute to uh, to someone's career, but it reflects well on all the people who kind of helped you along the way.
1: Just a a, a wonderful, brilliant career with the New York Islanders, uh, debuting there in the seventy-five seventy-six season, um, four straight Stanley Cup titles, uh, w- just incredible. But we're going to go kind of backwards from your career and start from the Penguins' perspective because. Uh, that for, in these parts, that's what you'll always be known and, and remembered for—the first two Penguins Stanley Cup championship teams. And you join the Penguins after a, a great and brilliant career with the Islanders. You come on board in 1991. What can you de- describe your path to Pittsburgh after the, the tremendous career with the Islanders?
0: Oh, sure. Well, it's very easy to talk about Pittsburgh. It's been home here now for. Well, since 1990, with the kids all graduated here uh, to Pittsburgh, so um, it's been a great place to raise a family. You know, just the—I uh, don't know—just the, the the wonderful atmosphere around Pittsburgh, and I think the identity that I have with Pittsburgh, like you mentioned, it's been uh, it's been uh, another another level of appreciation for me. I, like you said, I played 15 years in New York, won four championships, and felt very appreciated. But towards the end of your career, when they feel like you don't have anything left in the tank, and all of a sudden along comes a city like Pittsburgh and embraces you. And they appreciate every tiny little thing that I did on the ice. And it just made it all special all over again. I felt young. I felt, uh, enthused, enthused. I felt good energy, you know, come to a team and the locker room's awesome. And got Lemieux and Yager and, you know, the guys come from Hartford come in the Francis Samuelson and, uh, Jennings. It was just, it's just a whole bunch of things that good that happened and, you know, my career was over in New York. I, I come here, I'm rejuvenated again in 1990. We went back-to-back Stanley Cups. And, you know, you, the, the 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 fun for me was the fact that they were the first Stanley Cups for the city. And I, I came with a purpose. I had a one-year contract and, you know, just kind of felt vindicated in a sense that, okay, got nothing to tank here. I win a, I win a championship. Uh, and I came and Craig Packer calls me up and he goes, now, why do you want to sign with Pittsburgh? I said, because I want to win the Stanley Cup with Mario Lemieux. He goes, okay, I'll have a contract to you in 15 minutes. And it was just kind of those kinds of things that made it a lot of fun because like, everyone was excited. And Bob Johnson called me up and, you know, uh, some, walking into the locker room for the first time, Brian's here. You know, I'm like, holy cow. I didn't get that reception in New York for a <laughs> long time. But it was really kind of like a lot of fun. You know, we'd sit around, you know, in the in the playoffs and, coffee, you know, when some cups in Edmonton, and I'd sit there, and the guys were just big ears. They'd be asking us, okay, what do we do this round? What, what, what do we expect this guy? What do we expect this game? What is-? And we were just kind of keeping everything in perspective and just saying, you know, this is really kind of fun. you got to ramp it up. We've got to find another level here because they're going to, we don't have to find our highest level yet, but we just got to play a level above the, the opposition every game, um, and every series gets a little more intense. So it, it was that kind of fun that really made it made it special coming to New York and, and the fans, I mean, just the fans They were they just got behind us so much. And you look at from 1990 through today, they've had, you know, Mario, Yager, and now Sidney Crosby and, and, and crew. And it's just been a wonderful 30, 40 years for the city of Pittsburgh. And, you know, I feel like I was just kind of a little, a small part of that whole little, little history and success of the, of the early nineties.
1: What was it like for you at that stage of, of your career, Brian? Because you were uh, a sensational, huge part of the four st- straight Stanley Cup championship teams for the Islanders. You're later in your career. You're still a very good player, but you're asked to play a little bit of a different role. Obviously, Mario's there. He's, he's the, the the star of the franchise. What was that whole shift in, in mindset like for you when you come to the Penguins? Well, it didn't it didn't change much, but it was really kind of
0: interesting how things evolve. And like through the last several years with the Islanders, you know, it was less of an offensive role. It became more of like, okay, you're going to be a senior member. You got to take the kids under your wing and kind of help them along and get them playing really well. You might not see as much power play. You might not see as much offensive role. And obviously, you know, Mike Bossy was gone, and there was we didn't have the dynamic names of the '80s and you know, we're still putting up decent numbers. Like I had Michael Mack on my line and people, you know, have a tough time remembering Randy Wood and the players I played with, you know, after Mike Bossy and Clark Gillies were gone. And, um, you know, so the numbers went down a little bit. I think that reflects on, on all of us a little bit, but when your power play time goes down, you know, obviously the numbers go down with that. And, uh, so I wasn't stressed about it. It was all of a sudden like, okay, I'll, I'll help these kids along. Boom, we'll, we'll make some fun happen. But um, when all of a sudden that's wiped out, you feel like the rug gets pulled out from underneath your, your, your feet, and you don't feel appreciated. Okay, that's not good enough anymore. You can't even do. I was like, okay, whatever. Uh, but I come here to Pittsburgh. I was doing the same thing basically. I was doing the you know a little leadership role and um, working with young great players like Mario and Yager and. You know, the young young players they had here, some veteran guys they had here, Bobby Erie and Bill Bork and Troy Loney. And I think it was just a whole bunch of things that just kind of happened that just kind of felt comfortable. Bob Johnson put me in a role where, you know, we pull you, we put you in offense, you know, we know what you can do, okay? We take those big face-offs, and what you can do. You take those penalty kill moments and pop against the other team's best centermen and you know just shut them down I, w- I wasn't thinking about that I was just playing my game and um, I think those things just happened because the fun thing about hockey is if you overthink of things you know you're, you're doing the wrong things you just got to go out there and you know trust your instincts and play your heart out and uh, a lot of times good things will happen and that's all I did I just felt like I came to Pittsburgh I played my game uh, Bob Johnson and Craig Patrick you know they they were they were fantastic and the, the players here in Pittsburgh, you know, the locker room, it made me feel appreciated. And you get on the ice and the fans are cheering for you. you know, it just kind of rejuvenated my career all over again.
1: Did you did you feel deep down, Brian, honestly, that the Penguins had a, a, a legitimate shot in 99 I talked with Troy Loney just a few weeks ago, and uh, they, they they were they were okay in '89-'90, '32-'40, and eight. And I said, hey, did did you guys feel like you were going to win a cup in '99? He goes, no, no. I mean, we 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 thought we might have a good team when you signed with the Penguins, and you're and and, and you're telling Craig, but hey, I want to win a, a cup. Did, did it seem realistic when when the when the process started? Well
0: yeah yeah it does Courtney. I, I did my homework I sat in I sat in my basement in New York and I, I went through the teams I, I looked at Pittsburgh and said Mario Lemieux, Paul Coffey, Tommy Barrasso, they had you know great goaltender you know one of the best defensemen in the NHL history and and Mario Lemieux and, and they're not winning they're not they didn't make the playoffs it doesn't make sense. And then you look at some of the, the other you know, young Kevin Stevens, Mark Recky, John Cullen. Um, I was just trying to think of some of the you know, Bobby Erie, Phil Bor. I played against a lot of these guys. I'm like, why, why can't they make the playoffs? Um, and then then just talking to Craig, it was like, you know, their you know, leadership, maybe young young leaders, young leaders. They need to learn how to win, you know. And then Craig brought in Brian Troche, Joe Mullen. and you know, a veteran squad that had maybe won a little bit, with Paul Coffey and, and all of a sudden, you know, this kind of thing just kind of took off, took off. And, um, for me, I felt like it was, they're on the cusp of something great. And, uh, when I got here, all of a sudden I'm like, wow, this team is a lot better. Unfortunately, Mario when had surgery, which really was a big twist in the whole thing. And, in the, and during the season, we all, we were, we were holding on by our fingernails. You know, they they made a late, late season trade with, uh, with Minnesota to get Larry Murphy and they do Ron Francis and those trades and, and all those things, you know, kind of gelled the team, the chemistry hit and we got on a roll late in the season and Mario came back at the right time and, you know, just things took off. But I felt early, like when I was doing my homework, I was looking at other teams and Gretzky in LA and young Steve Eisenman in Detroit. And, you know, I thought I could be a Toronto Maple Leaf and I was doing my homework there with the young team they had up there. And I'm like, oh, maybe bring a veteran guy in and, you know, do something something fun, but I, I really felt really great about what our chances were with the kind of talent we had, and uh, it 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 worked out and it worked out back to back. Believe it or not, it was really kind of kind of cool to have that uh, to do your homework and it all comes true. And um, you know, I, I always chuckle when I tell the story about I wanted to come to Pittsburgh to win the championship with Mario Lemieux. I won too. And uh, <laughs> yeah. so it, it makes me feel good about telling that story because that was the purpose of coming here.
1: Now I heard the story. I, so I'll ask you if you could share this again about the bonus that you asked Craig Patrick for, uh, with regards to, to, to Mario's, uh, Stanley cup bonus. Can you share that story, Brian?
0: <laughs> you know, that, was, that was part of the the, the little mini negotiation when went on with Craig because when he did send the contract, it was, it was kind of fun because, you know, I'm going through the bonuses at the end and the bonuses were all good, plus, minus, you know, if we win with so many vi- victories or such and such a you know, it's like ten thousand, five thousand and you know, every round I was getting a little bit of a bonus, you know, five, ten thousand dollars. And I said, Oh, they were all good, Craig, but you know, I really want the big bonus. You know, I'm coming there to win a Stanley Cup and I'd really want a big bonus for doing that. And Craig goes, well, you got a bonus for, for the Stanley Cup. I said, yeah, it's a good bonus. You know, twenty twenty five 25 grand is not bad. But I said, I want a big bonus. You know, I'm coming there by the purpose. You know, it's good salary. Everything's good. But I said, you know, really, let's let's really ding this up. You know, we go all the way. You know, I don't need anything for the first, second, third, fourth round, uh, the first three rounds. But I said, that fourth round a big one. You know, yeah. it's a really kind of exciting one. And he goes, well, what are you looking for? I said, I don't know. What, what's Mario getting? He goes, I can't do that. <laughs> I said, well, how about half? and you know how you forget about things at the end of uh, at the end of the year you know you're going through the playoffs and june comes and the bonus check comes in i was like woohoo thank you mario because it was it was one of those moments where you kind of like said, "All right, look look how much the big boy made." But it was really uh, it was really kind of an exciting little bonus to get out of out of the blue.
1: All right, so you play you were a great player in your own right. You won six cups. You played against Mario as an opponent. You played against Gretzky. You played against you played against all these great guys. What was it like to play with Mario? Was you saw him for all the for several years? Then you join him. What what do you remember uh, about being a teammate of his? Well, it's really kind of fun because you get, you get an insight to a,
0: to a great player that, you know, you, you only see him on the ice. You're playing against him. You're taking faceoffs against him. You know, you're, you're trying to defend. And I mean, he was a purist. I mean, uh, he was the best of the best when it comes to stick handling and, you know, one-on-one hockey. He's really tough to defend, but, um, as a rookie, I can remember, you know, playing a game here in Pittsburgh in the old uh, Civic Arena and uh, it was really kind of cool because he'd come around the net and say, oh, my first shift against this young kid, and I, I kind of gave him the outside. I said, don't try to cut back on the inside, kid. You know, go to the outside, and I'll kind of flush you and squeeze you off on the boards. And he gave me the outside, inside, tried to jump back in. I I just kind of stepped in front of him, and he was so tall, his hip hit me in the shoulder. He tried to kind of jump over me, and my, I kind of had to lift myself a little bit. I just caught his thigh a little bit and, and uh, kind of... He kind of twisted and turned, and as he kind of went down on the ice, he'd look back at me and say, what the hell was that all about? And I almost wanted to pick him up and apologize because he's not that kind of a player, you know, where you got to bump and grind. And, you know, he he, he, he wanted to skate. He wanted to stick handle. He was a purist and so smooth and graceful. And, you know, he reminded me of Jean Bellable of the 60s. And I said to myself, wow, here's this great player and uh, played against him for quite a while let's see like seven eight years and then all of a sudden I'm a teammate and when you see him in the locker room how quiet he is and how gracious he is he's a part of the you know the teasing and razzing of a locker room and big smile and you know it stands up and everybody listens and you know he leads by example and he's quiet leader but boy I'll tell you he's uh, he's got a big man presence and you know when he goes on the ice and he does something it's inspiring and I can remember Yarmer was tired on one of his shifts and we were going on a power play and Yarmer was beat red and just out of gas and Mario looked over at Yarmer, "Let's go." And Mar- Yarmer didn't say anything. He just jumped over the boards and like, "Okay, Mario said let's go. I I'm I'm, I'm going to find the energy." And it's that kind of stuff that just made made me kind of chuckle because when you when you're playing, you know, you're also you're also watching and you're you're remembering a lot of these fun moments that happened in the game and that that make the game Enjoyable and also like uh, inspiring, and they're just great experiences to share.
1: I'm I'm really curious, Brian, your perspective on this. I I've heard uh, huge hockey lifetime hockey fans talk about this with regards to Gretzky and the way the game was played in the '80s and the free flowing style. I, I'd like to get your perspective on hockey in the '80s, and obviously, Gretzky had just an unbelievable career with all all the points you know goals and assists and the way the game was played he was allowed to move around the ice versus the way kind of hockey became later on and and you know you know the history you're you've been there in Pittsburgh people will compare Gretzky and Lemieux what well, what was hockey like in the 80s with that style and and, and is there merit to the, the fact that the game changed and the way the game changed and what would Gretzky have looked like 15 years later that kind of thing
0: well, there's a lot more clutch and grab, obviously. There's a lot of more battle zones. There was, um, you know, there you, had, you had guys water skiing, You'd wrap guys up with their stick and just kind of glide beside them and back check and just kind of, Kind of tie him up all the way back, and it was really close checking hockey. Um, it was physical. There was a lot of head hunting, and uh, a lot of a lot of battles, like a lot of battles. A very physical game, and you know Mario came into the league obviously in the, in '84. It was uh, it was that brand of hockey that was around, and uh, you know he's not that kind of a player. Gretzky's not that kind of a player, um, but uh, you know when you have when you surround yourself with great players, and obviously when. When Mario got some some better players on, you just saw the numbers that he put up as well, and taking nothing away from wayne and in the style he played, God you know he had he had tremendous talent playing with him in Edmonton too, with Gary Curry and Mark Messier and Glenn Anderson and Paul Coffey before he came a penguin and When you surround yourself with great players on the ice, three, four, five guys at one time, I mean you put up some incredible numbers, and that puck moves around faster than people can can check in. You know, they're still trying to grab and clutch and slow you down. And, you know, Mario's got a statue out in front of the, the Penguins where, you know, he just busted through two Islanders. It was uh, Rich Pilon, and I'm trying to remember the other one, but it was really kind of comical to see. Like, they could they had sticks on them and everything, and he just kept plowing away and, you know, tucked the, the puck in. And it's just a tremendous... You know, reflection on a guy who's as powerful as Mario, as graceful as he is, and he's unstoppable. And those kinds of players come along, you know, every once in a while. And, you know, Pittsburgh had the opportunity to see somebody as great as Mario, you know, who fought through the early 80s stuff and then saw the game start to blend where, you know, a little more wide open hockey now, there's a lot less clutching and grabbing. And, you know, it's, it's speed. It's all about grace. It's all about skill. Uh, you see just a, a different brand of hockey today, but it's very, very entertaining. And obviously, you know, it's great for the game because it opens it up. There's a, a lot more shots at the net, a lot more, uh, you know, just a less battle zones, unfortunately, but also just a different kind of game. But it's, it's 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 special. These players are great athletes today, and it's wonderful to see the speed they have. And I always ask them, my my generation, how do you think we do in today's game? They go, no problem. And it's just a confidence thing, like Gilbert Perrault and you know, Guy Leclerc and Mike Boston before they passed away. And it was just really kind of fun to see that confidence that our generation had to say, oh yeah, we'd find a way to, you know, excel at this game too. But, um, you know, I think everybody kind of uh, adapts to the style of game that's going on at the time and the very best of the best still excel.
1: favorite memory you, you won six cups you you experienced the highs of the highs it, it, when somebody says to you what what do you what will you recall the most from your career is there one or is it a collection of three or four or how do you go about looking back on your favorite memory
0: Well, that's probably the number one question I get asked, Corey, and it's a great question because like the first of anything, you know, the first time you put the jersey on with your name and number on, is pretty, pretty. it's so exciting, you get goosebumps, and then you score your first goal, or, you know, you do the first of everything, you know, the first game you play, all those firsts are just just highlights in your mind, and uh, mine was going it went back to the time i was eight years old and i watched john Belliveau get handed the stanley cup and i turned to my dad and i said dad i want to win a stanley cup like john Beliveau. and you know he goes well you better start practicing and uh, you know i was just learning how to skate and play hockey and all that stuff so he taught me how to shoot and how to skate and did most of my practicing on the river right next to the house and it's really kind of great to be able to like fast forward and watch bobby nystrom score the overtime goal Um, against philadelphia that made me a champion for the first time is still my greatest my greatest moment in the game because it made me a stanley cup champion for the first time and you think man i would i would have had one shift in one nhl game wearing an nhl jersey i would have been the happiest guy went to my grave because that was our dream as a little kid but mine was to win a stanley cup and i said i'm if i'm going to nhl i want to win i want to win a championship and and I went with that purpose and all of a sudden, you know, I'm, I'm a champion. Bobby Nystrom made me a champion and in overtime and that's the snap of your fingers. You're, you're a champion, you know, prior to that, it's a tie game, anybody's game. Who's going to win all of a sudden in overtime, it's like sock hockey when you're like a little kid playing floor hockey and all of you, okay, seventh game, Stanley cup champion, overtime, boom. Yeah. And that's what happened. It was that moment. And then the exhilaration and to look in everybody's faces and remember those moments and and to this day, I still tease Bobby, say, but we are still, you know, that's still my favorite goal ever. I had nothing to do with the game, with the, with the, with the goal. I was on the ice. I wasn't on the ice. I was on the bench resting fastest for my next shift. And, you know, I watched that puck go in and I, you know, I watched you and John Tonelli practice driving the net a thousand times after practice, you know, one guy passed to the other. And it was part of our drills during practice was drive the net, drive the net, drive the net deflection, top self. And, and that that goal made me a champion. So that's my greatest moment, and I love sharing that story with everybody.
1: And last thing, uh, you won six as a player. You won another one as an assistant coach. Did you did you ever get one or, or, or multiple times to have the cup for a, a day or two? Uh, and and what did you do with it if you did?
0: Well, that's another fun fun fun. Uh... Uh, trivia that pe- a lot of people don't know that the day with the cup didn't happen until like the mid '90s. Oh, is that so right? Oh my yeah, goodness! So, so when we won, when we won the cup with New York in the '80s, and we won the cup here in the early '90s with uh, the Penguins. Yes, I took my time with the cup, but we had to sneak it. We like the the. the the keeper of the cup was always like looking for that Stanley <laughs> Cup, and we just kind of tossed it back and forth to each other. Wouldn't tell on anybody. Wouldn't say where it was. Ah, I think Phil has it. Oh, I think I saw the last time I saw it was when, you know, Bobby O'Leary had it. I, I'm not sure where it's at now. And so everybody would kind of take it for a few hours or half a day, and it it always show, show back up for the uh, for the parades and, and the celebrations. And um, yeah, my first time, I said to myself, you know, we're at a we're at a, uh, a dinner. We'd won the Cup in New York with the first Stanley Cup. And I went up to Bill Torrey, our general manager. I said, Bill, where's the cup going tonight after the dinner? He goes, well, it's just going back to my house. And, you know, we got the parade tomorrow at uh, 10.30. I said, could I take it home with me tonight and I'll bring it to the parade in the morning? He goes, sure. So I snuck it out and the, the keeper of the cup's falling. Where are you going with that? I said, oh, I'll be right back. I threw it in the back seat of my car. <laughs> but I, I ended up saying, I ended up putting it at the foot of my bed because I wanted to wake up in the morning. I had the drapes open because that sun was going to shine in, that morning sun was going to shine in, you know, early morning. I wanted to wake up, and the first thing I saw when I opened my eye was going to be the Stanley Cup, and uh, that sun hit that Stanley Cup, I popped my eyes open and it looked magnificently perfect. I was like, oh my God, this is awesome. I couldn't have drawn a better picture, but, um, you know, yeah, we've all had our time with the cups on special times. You know, you hear all various stories about, you know, somebody ate cereal out of it or whatever. <laughs> and I always say to myself, you know, like I never did anything crazy like that. I was just always always wanting to like shine it up and make it a little per- more perfect and that kind of stuff. But it was, it was really fun to share with family and friends and, community and neighborhoods and have it for a few hours and in Colorado when I went in 2001 I had it for a whole day so I went up into the mountains took some pictures up in the continental divide and one of the lakes that we go up there near Breckenridge and then we came back down had a steak dinner with Stanley and um so he was he was kind of like the focus in the in the restaurant believe it or not and we had a wonderful day with the kids and the neighborhood and taking family photos and and it's it's it he is like a uh a uh, 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 the perfect celebrity, all by himself. And I always chuckle when I go into classrooms, and there's, you know, Hall of Famers like, you know, Lanny McDonald or myself or somebody else, and you got Stanley Cup rings, and you got, you know, the mascots, and you got the Stanley Cup. But well, Stanley Cup is the biggest celebrity in the room. Like he, everybody, he is like magnificent. It's it's the it's, it's a perfect trophy. I th- I call it.
1: I'll tell you what though. Of of all the stories I've heard and read, and and those were great ones. Taken back to the family, you're st- you want to talk about kind of a tearful. Movie kind of moment of waking up with the Stanley Cup and the sunshine. That's as good. That's as good of a story as I've heard. Seriously, because everybody wants to share with all kinds of people. But just the romantic kind of nature of the way you told. I can see that in a movie. That that's how the movie would open with you know the, the scene with the sun coming up through the room and shining on the cup or something. That's that's a glorious story. I really appreciate you sharing I a, that.
0: I set that I set that trophy up at the end of the bed. On that little table, open the drapes, you know i'm like i, I I'm, I'm I'm saying, what if the sun does I don't care I said the sun's going to shine sooner or later, i'm going to open my eyes, and that thing's just gonna be gleaming, and it was i mean you couldn't like you said, you couldn't ask for a better like Hollywood story in that in that regard because everything was just like perfect, it hit perfect, oh my eyes, that thing was just glaring at me, I'm like this is like spectacular, you know, and it, it was like you know the the heavens all opened up went. <laughs> It was like the angel saying in that moment, absolutely.
1: What a what a great story! And I cannot thank you enough, Brian, for sharing these great memories. Just tremendous, tremendous stuff, and uh, wonderful career. All the Stanley Cups, just uh, fantastic. And, and we cannot thank you enough for for taking the time to be with us. It's
0: absolute pleasure. Look forward to being up in Altoona here tomorrow. Thank you very much, guys. All right, thanks, guys.